and I was determined to start a whole new area of research in order to do just that. Imagine my surprise when I discovered that numerous scientists around the world had already been gathering evidence and developing supportive theories to confirm that conscious awareness continues beyond the death of the physical body. I spent the first two years after my coma reading more than 150 books on physics, neuroscience, philosophy of mind, and near-death and related extraordinary experiences, all in an effort to come to a deeper understanding of my personal experience. A crucial breakthrough occurred exactly two years to the hour after awakening from coma, as I found myself driving to Charlottesville, Virginia, on November 16, 2010, to share my story with a team of scientists at the Division of Perceptual Studies, or DOPS, at the University of Virginia. Weeks earlier, I had emailed Dr. Bruce Grayson, an open-minded, discerning psychiatrist who had been investigating near-death experiences since the early 1970s. I was delighted when he invited me to speak to his research colleagues at their weekly consciousness meeting. I wondered about the kind of reception I would receive. Would they believe me? How might they explain my astonishing memories and unexpected recovery? Fortunately, my presentation was warmly received by this group of researchers. It was refreshing and inspiring that such an august group of scientists could discuss the afterlife in a scientific and rational framework. At the end of the visit, Ed Kelly gave me a personalized copy of the major opus on consciousness that he had edited and published the year before, Irreducible Mind. I read that 800-page tome over the next few weeks and came to realize with a great sense of relief that so much of the work that I had anticipated having to initiate to bring the world up to speed on the implications of my near-death experience had already been accomplished by these courageous investigators. Kelly's follow-up books, Beyond Physicalism, 2015, and Consciousness Unbound, 2021, provide a thorough explanatory framework that convincingly rivals physicalism. As I received more invitations to talk about my near-death experience, I came to realize the power of my story for helping and healing people. It became clear that neurosurgery could not be a part-time job, and the study of consciousness and its implications, especially within the healthcare industry, demanded my full attention. By June 2012, four months prior to publication of Proof of Heaven, I made the decision to commit myself full-time to sharing my story and working with scientists around the world to better refine our scientific understanding of the nature of consciousness. As much as I loved caring for neurosurgical patients, I felt called to a service that could help even more people. One of the reasons my case is critical to scientists who study consciousness is that I had this vivid, ultra-real experience, even though my brain had suffered extensive damage to the neocortex and brainstem. The majority of near-death experience cases involve cardiac arrest, a clinical diagnosis of death because the heart has stopped beating but not necessarily involving a great deal of damage to brain structures. In my case, the documented neurological damage made it unlikely that my brain would have been capable of generating any dream, hallucination, or confabulation, much less the most extraordinarily rich, detailed, alive, vivid, memorable, and life-transforming experience of my life. 
evidence strongly bolstering my claims came as three DOPS physicians not involved in my care, but fascinated by my recovery, reviewed more than 600 pages of my medical records, and published a case report in the September 2018 Journal of Nervous and Mental Disease. The doctors, including Dr. Grayson, concluded that my non-functioning brain could not have been responsible for the vivid experiences I had reported upon awakening from coma. They demonstrated that such low coma scores on neurological examinations that I had had through the seven-day coma, combined with CT and MRI data suggesting diffuse damage to all lobes of my brain, leaving no region unscathed, made it extremely unlikely that my brain was capable of generating the complex and ultra-real experience that I witnessed during that week. They elucidated just how unlikely my full recovery had been and admitted there was no satisfactory conventional medical explanation.